Hey, welcome everybody. Believe it or not, we have made it to the sixth and final week of this church-wide series and study called Reboot. Now, if you're new or you've just been out for a while, because of what we've been through in this past year, our kind of goal with this Reboot series is to try to make the most out of those difficult circumstances. So what we've been doing as a church is exploring what it means to learn from what we've been through in the past, how to let go of the things that are getting in the way of our present, and most importantly, how to refresh God's purposes in our lives moving forward into the future. And so I hope This last month and a half has encouraged you in your faith journey, but I also hope that it has maybe challenged you in your faith journey, that it's challenged you to kind of think about and see the people and circumstances in your life from a little different perspective, from a a different angle, because while we've talked about a lot of different areas of our life that need to be rebooted. The one common denominator through this whole reboot process is about a change of perspective, right? Whether you're talking about rebooting your mind and the way you think or rebooting your attitude or rebooting the way you love others, all reboots boil down to a change of perspective, to see life and the circumstances of my life less and less from my point of view and more and more from God's point of view. Because seeing life from God's perspective is what the Bible calls wisdom. And Lord knows we could all use a little bit of wisdom in these trying and difficult days. So what I want to do today to wrap up this reboot series is talk about rebooting an area of our life that is common to all of us, and that is pain. Pain is a part of life for everyone. And certainly this past year has pushed a lot of pain to the surface. Some of you today are dealing with physical pain. Many of us are dealing with mental and emotional pain. Some of you are maybe dealing with relational pain or financial pain. Listen, the pain in our life might come from different sources and might be at different levels at any given time, but we all have to deal with pain. This is not a new modern phenomenon. In fact, I want you to listen to this prayer of Moses from Psalm chapter 90, verse 10. It's there on the top of your outline. Moses says, our lifetime is 70 years, or if we are strong, 80 years, but the years are full of hard work and pain. They pass quickly, and then we, they are gone. How's that for encouragement, right? Talk about a Sunday morning cold water slap in the face. Listen, I don't share that passage with you to discourage you. I just share it because it is the reality for all of us, even those of us who are Christ followers. Jesus made it very clear to us as his followers that in this world, we will have trouble. Not we might or we could or if we make bad choices. He said, you will have trouble, but he also said, take heart, I have overcome. 
overcome the world. What did he mean by that? What did Jesus mean when he says, take heart, I have overcome the world? Well, certainly the most obvious thing is that Jesus, through his death and resurrection, has overcome the pain and brokenness and provided for us, his followers, an eternity with him that is completely free of any pain, any suffering, any tears. It's a place the Bible calls heaven, and that's certainly how Jesus has overcome the world and the brokenness of this world. But I don't think you have to wait till you die to experience Jesus' victory. Because I believe Jesus' victory, his overcoming the world, provides victory for us even in our pain here and now. Jesus has overcome the world because he is able to bring purpose to our pain right now. That the pain we go through is not meaningless. It's not wasted. Listen, the greatest tragedy in life is not the painful things we go through. It's going through them without ever seeing a purpose to them or seeing something come from it. You know, study after study has shown that the human spirit and body is able to withstand tremendous amounts of pain if there is purpose in that pain. You know, we hear these stories about prisoners of war or Christians who are persecuted who are able to endure unbelievably painful torture and yet not break, not give in, not tell the secrets they know or to deny Jesus. They're able to withstand that pain. Why? Because they recognize there's a bigger purpose in it, that they live for something bigger than themselves. When there's purpose to pain, you can manage that pain. You can endure it. I was reminded just this past Thursday with the birth of our second grandchild and our first grandson that childbirth is a painful experience. Amen, ladies? Right. It is a painful experience. In fact, if men had to have babies, there would be none, you know, because we can't take the pain. But listen, ladies, moms, let me ask you this. How many of you would say that the pain of childbirth was worth it? Let me just see your hands. Yeah, obviously. The only ones who were hesitant are the parents of teenagers. They're like, "Ah, I don't know now, right? So, but here's the thing, ladies. Would you endure that pain for no reason whatsoever? No. We can endure pain. Listen, pain with purpose is manageable. Pain without purpose is is overwhelming. And here's the good news. With Jesus, he brings purpose out of our pain. Notice one of the greatest promises in all the Bible, Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know, not we guess, not we hope, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose couple things I want you to notice. This verse does not say that everything in life is good. It is not good. There's a lot of evil and sin and suffering and brokenness. There's not good in that. What this verse promises is that God is able to bring good from it, out of it. Notice too, this promise is not universal. It is not for every person. It is specifically for those of us who are willing to love Jesus and live for his purposes rather than our own. So what does that mean for us today? 
That means that the pain in our life can be managed by purpose, on purpose, and for a purpose. And that's what I want us to dig in today. I want us to focus on some potential benefits and some possible possible purposes for the inevitable pain that all of us will go through. And while there are a lot of ways God can bring good out of our pain, I want to look at three specific ways that using my pain for good. Three ways I can use the pain in my life for good. Number one, you might want to write these down. Pain can, I can allow the pain to draw me closer to God. I can see good in my pain if I allow it to draw me closer to God. I have a brother who when we were little, anytime he got hurt physically, his immediate instinct was to run. If he got hurt, he was jumping up, running. I remember one time in a church league basketball game, he went up for a layup. Somebody cut his legs out from under him, and he came down the whole weight of his body on his elbow. You could hear it through the gym, splat. He got up and immediately, literally started running around the gym. It's funny now, but it wasn't funny then. The referees are chasing him. My dad's coming out of the stands. They're trying to catch him. He's running in pain. Sometime later, we were sledding in our neighborhood. We'd had a really big snow, and about a mile from our house, there was a road in our neighborhood, not a lot of traffic, and it was very steep. We had one sled, and there were three of us boys, and we didn't know about taking turns. We didn't believe in that, so we sledded down that hill stacked three high, right, just laying on top of each other, and this same running in pain brother, he's on the bottom steering it, And because the snow was so high, we couldn't tell where the street ended and the ditch began. And we drifted off and we went into the ditch and that sled just slammed to a stop. All the weight of all of us on him pushed it and it snapped his radius and ulna bone, just broke him off. He got up and took off running and ran a mile all the way home. Here's my point. Pain will make you feel like running. The question is, are you going to run away from God? Or let that pain cause you to run to God. Guess which one he desires. God desires that your pain draw you closer to him. Y'all remember last week we were talking about the apostle Paul's life. And we read that passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians about all the painful experiences, the beatings, the floggings, the painful rejection of his own people, you know, in Uh, in prison without cause, all of that pain. But I want you to look at what Paul says about that pain. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He says, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. Some of you could have written these words today, couldn't you? But then look at what he says. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God. See, we don't trust God until we have to. So sometimes God will allow circumstances in our lives that we have to trust him because it's bigger than us. You know, the Bible says that God is closest to the brokenhearted. I've shared that passage hundreds, if not thousands of times at funerals to bring comfort to the family. But what does that mean? That God is closest to the brokenhearted. I mean, is God somehow physically closer to hurting people than people who are not hurting? No, because the Bible makes it clear that God is omnipresent. 
right? He's in all places at all times. So what does that mean that God is closest to the brokenhearted? I believe that it means that when you are brokenhearted, you are way more aware of God's presence and your need to run to him. I want you to understand for me, this truth is not theological theory. This is not just some story about a guy named Paul who lived 2,000 years ago. This truth is a reality of my own personal experience. Many of you know, two and a half years ago, our family experienced a greater pain than we could have ever imagined, the loss of our oldest son, Philip Jr., to suicide. And that pain is with every one of us every day in some way, shape, or form. That kind of pain you don't get over. You just have to get through it. And I can just tell you, as a result of that unbelievable pain, for me personally, I've never understood God less and at the same time never desired him more than in that pain. I'm not saying I'm glad it happened because it brought me closer to Jesus. I'm not saying that being closer to Jesus is worth that grief. I'm just saying I'm thankful that that pain is not wasted, that God was able to use it to bring something good out of it. To run to him. So let me ask you, that pain you're dealing with right now, that pain that you brought in with you today, do you want to use it to get you closer to God? Or do you want to just keep running away from God? Because he's the only one that can bring hope and healing and purpose from your pain. God wants to use your pain to bring you closer to him. There's a second way you can use your pain for good, and that is to allow it to draw you closer to others, to draw you closer to others. See, pain can not only get you closer to God, it can also get you closer to other people. There's two ways this happens. One, pain deepens your reality of your need for others. When you're going through a painful experience, you realize how desperately you need other people to walk with you. Unfortunately, our natural reaction in pain is the opposite. When we're in pain, we tend to isolate, to hide, to put on the pretty mask and smile and say, I'm fine and life is wonderful and post great pictures on Facebook and Instagram and hide in that pain. But can I tell you, that is the worst thing you can do with your pain. It's to isolate. It is the most dangerous way to try to deal with your pain. Let your pain allow you to invite a few other trusted people into your life. The Bible says that's what we're supposed to do. Galatians 6, 2. It says, by helping each other with your troubles, with your pain, you truly obey the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? To love your neighbor as yourself. There's no better way for us to love each other than to walk with each other through the painful experiences of life. Did you know one of the primary purposes of your life is to connect in authentic community with other believers? You are formed with fellowship 
with God's family, to be an authentic community. And one of the best ways to truly connect with others is to walk through the painful experiences of life together. In the 26 years we've been connecting folks in home group, we've seen this so consistently that the best, most deeply connected, most authentic home group relationships are in those groups that have walked through the painful struggles of life together. Where someone in the group experiences a tragedy and the group comes along and walks with them. But listen, don't miss this. Walking with somebody in their pain is not about your words to them. It is about your presence with them. Some of us pull away from people when they're in great pain, not because we don't care, but because we're afraid. We don't know what to say. We don't know how to answer their questions of where is God in all this pain. And so we we just pull back. But listen, when you're walking with somebody in pain, let me beg you to do this. One, don't try to talk them out of how they feel. And don't try to answer their questions with some pat theological poster saying. Just enter their pain with them. Be with them. Feel the pain with them. The Bible says we are to laugh with those who laugh and we are to cry with those who cry. That's what that means. And I'll never forget that awful Thursday morning, two and a half years ago, when we got the phone call that Philip was gone. And as we scrambled around to try to let our family, our other children know, a couple that we'd been in community with for years, they just showed up at the house. They didn't have answers. They couldn't fix the problem, but they were there. And I don't know what they did. I don't know what they said, but I will never forget the fact that they were there. It is the ministry of presence. Let us let the pain we're going through draw us closer. Be present with each other. But it's not just that. Not only does pain help us deepen our need for each other, But our own painful experiences can make us more empathetic for the pain of others. It's hard to feel what somebody else is feeling if you've never had pain. And so your painful experiences can sensitize you. Open your eyes to the brokenness of people around you. Notice what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 1, 4. He, talking about God, comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Do you see that? Pain has a way of opening your eyes to the pain of others, but not only does it make you more aware, that verse says that it makes us better able to care. In the last two and a half years, sadly, Terry and I have sat with dozens and dozens of parents, cried with, prayed with parents who have lost a child. We've walked, just sat with them in that journey. Not because we have all the answers, not because we can fix their pain, but we understand their pain. You've heard me say this a million times, right? Your greatest ministry will often come out of your deepest pain. 
So let me ask you, that pain that you're going through, are you isolating or are you hiding it or are you allowing God to use it to get closer to others and to minister to those in pain? God wants to use your pain to draw you closer to him. He wants to use our pain to draw us closer to one another. And then thirdly, maybe most importantly, God wants to use our pain to allow it to make you more like Jesus. That's the third purpose in pain, to make you more like Jesus. Did you know if you're a Christ follower, God's number one goal for your life is to make you more like Jesus. That's what spiritual growth is all about. Developing more of the character of Christ, the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ, and the actions of Christ. But listen, that doesn't come from just knowing about Jesus. It doesn't come from just doing a nice little Bible study on Jesus. It comes from going through the painful things that Jesus went through and responding to those pains the way that Jesus did. That's how you get more like Jesus, right? Proverbs 20, 30. I love this verse. Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Amen? Anybody got a testimony, right? That's the truth. We don't change because we see the light. We change when we feel the heat. Do you know why that is? Because change is painful. All change is painful right? If change wasn't painful, we'd have made a lot of changes in our lives right now, right? We'd be a lot different people, but change is painful. And so we don't change until the pain of not changing exceeds the pain of staying right where you are. You know, the Bible, and particularly the New Testament, talks often about the fruit of the Spirit, it's just a list of character traits that the Holy Spirit in us should bring out in our lives. That we should display love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All of that of what God's Spirit looks like when it's in you. Well, let me ask you, where do you think that fruit comes from? How do you develop that fruit in your life? How do you develop those attributes? By being in the exact opposite situation. How do you learn to truly love? By having people in your life that it's painful to love. How do you have real joy in your life? Not happiness based on circumstance. I'm talking about real joy, Holy Spirit joy, that deep, settled confidence that comes from knowing that God is in control of the details of my life. Do you get joy in your life by skipping down a rose-petaled path? No. You find true joy by walking through the grief of life. How do you get patience in your life? By living through the painful waiting periods of your life. How do you develop self-control? By being in circumstances and being around people who make you want to be out of control. But here's the thing, it's not automatic. Just because you believe in Jesus and go through some of the painful experiences that Jesus did doesn't mean you're going to automatically come out on the other side full of the fruit of the Spirit. You have to be intentional. You have to say yes to letting God use it. You can choose with the pain in your life to make you bitter or let it make you better. You can choose to allow the pain in your life to be a stepping stone to your faith 
or a stumbling block to your faith. You have to choose it. Hebrews 5, 8, notice what it says. Even though Jesus was the Son of God, he learned obedience by what he suffered. His willingness to say yes to the cross in the pain of the Garden of Gethsemane moment. The Bible says in the very next verse, that is what perfected him. And what's going to make you more like him is choosing to respond to the painful circumstances in your life through the obedience that God is calling you to. So let me ask you two questions. That pain you're going through, what character trait of Christ could that develop in you? Whatever painful circumstance or situation, what character trait of Christ is God trying to develop in you? And the second question is, what are you going to do about it? What step of obedience do you need to take so that that pain is not wasted and so that God can use it to make you more like Jesus? You know, as I close not just this message, but as we close this whole six-week series, this study, this journey we've been on for the last month and a half, spent some time this week just thinking, you know, what is the one big takeaway? What is the big idea? What is this whole reboot journey really all about? And I believe the answer is this, that rebooting our lives is ultimately about making what matters most matter more. Making what matters most in your life and in the life of our church family. Making the important things truly important in our lives. You know, I said a year ago when this pandemic hit that everything that seemed like an obstacle for us with God is always an opportunity. It's an opportunity. And that a global pandemic, a once in a 150 year event, would be a terrible thing to waste. To go through all that we've been through, and yet when things go back to normal, we go back to the same old, same old that we've always been. What a tragedy. Let's reboot. Let's make the changes. Because, you know, when I look back over this past year, one thing I know for sure, this pandemic and the isolation of it and the stopping of life as we knew it, has given every one of us an opportunity to see once again what really matters. Our relationships, our family, our relationship with God. In the busyness of life, with work and all the things that seem important, God brought the world to a stop so we could see what matters most. I think this pandemic has also given us an incredible opportunity to see firsthand the things in our life that we need to let go of. The things we're carrying with us that are getting in the way of where God wants to take us. The anger that we feel. The fears that we allow to control our lives. The false hopes we've placed in political ideology and even the strength of a nation. That all of that we have been reminded, our hope is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And I believe also we've been clearly shown this past year that nothing, nothing matters more than God's purposes for 
our life. And so as we move forward as a church, for the rest of 2021, this is going to be our goal. This is going to be the driving force for us moving forward, is that we make sure that we make the things that matter most matter more for God's glory and for our good. Would you pray with me? Oh, Father, thank you for just how clear this, through this whole reboot series, your word has been. It's not rocket science. It doesn't require a PhD in theology. You just speak the truth in love over us. So God, help us to respond. Help us to start to see ourselves and to see our circumstances to see the people in our lives less and less from our perspective and more and more from your point of view. God, we want to see what you see and we want to follow where you lead us. But Jesus, we need your spirit to make that happen. So move among your people across all of our campuses, across all the folks who are watching online. Pour out your spirit right now to transform lives, to make what matters most matter more. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.